Welcome to the second episode of I Don't Do Word Games Christian Counseling 101. I am Shell L, your host, and I pray this reaches those that are in need of understanding, encouragement, and tools. Tools that can lead to peace, increased spiritual knowledge, truth, and a higher level of confidence and identity. And identity is what this episode will focus on. We will be looking at identity from the psychological perspective, and then from a Christian perspective. But before I continue, I want each of you to know that I am not attempting to stand in for medical providers. If you or someone you know are experiencing any medical and or mental health issues, please speak with a medical professional that can provide or should provide more personalized care and can even order blood work to discover if your condition could be the result of a chemical or hormonal imbalance or any other underlying issue. Now, on with this episode. For any that may be tuning in for the first time, again, I am your host, Cheryl L. I have a Bachelor's of Science degree in Psychology with a focus on Christian counseling and a Master's of Art degree in human services with a focus on marriage, family, and children. And I am an ordained pastor that loves God and all of his children. And I desire that his children walk in truth and in their true identity. And that identity can only be found in God, not the false identity that word games can cause or come to inflict. On the previous episode, we looked at word games, and we even found the origin of the first word game ever played. Remember, it all started in the beginning. We found that in Genesis, Satan twisted words to introduce to Eve sin and deception. And that sin and deception led to disobedience, rebellion, and rejection. And it also led to insecurity. Through Satan's word game, or his misuse, abuse of words, Eve traveled from a place of security to a place of insecurity. And I am not merely referencing her physical location, that physical location of being removed from the security of the Garden of Eden to outside of it, but I'm referencing her security and what God had said that had been challenged. And as a result, her mind had landed her in a place of insecurity because her identity had been affected. God, whose words are true and not void, has secured Eve in the garden. He had affirmed to both Adam and her who they were. They were made in his image. They had been blessed. They were granted dominion and they would be provided for. God identified them as special and important to him. All of this is security. Not just physical security, but spiritual, emotional, and mental securities as well. But then slides in Satan, his agent, a serpent, And with his deceptive, empty words, 
with his deceptive word game. He caused Eve to second guess what God had told her. And once she accepted Satan's word game as truth, her identity weakened. Insecurity took over and she disobeyed God by eating the one fruit that she was instructed not to. Satan's word game caused Eve's identity to no longer be secured. The words that Satan spoke to her caused her to question her identity. His words caused a wavering in her spirit and in her mind. Satan's word games can cause doubt within you. And this can cause you to question. And this questioning can then lead to you wavering and being uncertain. All of which can make you feel less secure in who you are and less secure in your identity. And what is identity? I'm not going to give you some overdramatic psychological definition, but here is a simplified explanation of what makes up your identity. Your identity is made up of your public self and your private self or your personal self. And it's also made up of your personality and your personality is your identity manifested. So your public self is comprised of your appearance, your style, things like your facial expressions, the way that you talk, the way that you walk, the way that you laugh, those outward things that the public can see. But your personal or the private part of your identity and what this episode will focus on is made up of your memories and your experiences and your values and your relationships. And these relationships are more specifically the roles that you acquire and develop throughout your lives. Such as your role as a child or a parent or a partner or a friend. And each of these roles carry meaning and expectations. And these meanings and expectations are fixed firmly into your identity. They're fixed firmly into who you are. Your identity also contains your morals and your religious beliefs. All of these things identify you and tell you who you are. And all of these things persuade and guide the choices that you make on a daily basis. Your identity continues to evolve over time. As you grow and mature, so does your identity. As you change, so does your identity. Even God's word acknowledges this growth and change that occurs. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12, scripture says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. God knows us completely, and he knows that we evolve and we change. It's not just physically 
that we develop, but also mentally and spiritually. And our identity goes right along with us. So that's why it's important to understand identity. I want to provide you with maybe two more extensions of identity. There are external identity and core identity. Now, it's pretty much the same. External identity is pretty much similar to the public self. And the core identity is pretty much the same as that private identity. But external identity is is like the attributes of you that are physically seen, such as your height and your race. And your core identity can also be incorporated with that personal portion of your identity because your core identity is made up of qualities that make you even more unique, such as your skills and your talents, your gifts. Going back to the word of God for a moment, Genesis 127, we know that God created male and female in his image. In Psalm 139, 14, scripture tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God's works, and that includes you, are wonderful. And in James 1.18, James says he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation, became his prized possession. So what can you take away from these three sets of scriptures in this moment? That God has made no mistake, and you being here is not a coincidence, but a blessing. God took the time to work and create you and establish every part of you, every faucet of you, There is not one part of you that God doesn't know about, and he values you. You are his prized possession, and he has given you gifts, skills, and talents that are unique to you and that complement you completely. You are his prized possession that he loves, he protects, he provides for, and he's patient with. We should all be able to rest in that truth. Because what does James 1.18 say? That he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. So we should rest in that and have security in that. Because that's the overall truth of our identity. And it's our security in helping us to have a sense of belonging. Identity, truth, security, and a sense of belonging are all important in mental health. And it's also important when remaining vigilant in regards to spiritual warfare. Think about Eve and the serpent once more. When the serpent introduced his word game and Eve received it in her mind, it attacked her identity. It attacked her truth. It attacked her security. And it attacked her sense of belonging, all of which caused her behaviors to also be affected. And we see that as she defies God's instructions. So make note of this. Behind the word games are hidden strongholds. Strongholds, think of them like fortresses where Satan can rule and hold us prisoner. And a stronghold from Satan is different from his everyday annoying harassment. Or you could think of a stronghold as a great big wall that Satan builds up. And this wall is designed to resist God's truth. 
Satan's strongholds are ideas and thoughts that are in opposition to God's intentions and God's truth. 2 Corinthians 2.11 Paul says this, So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Paul could see that it was Satan behind the sin and discord that was occurring in the Corinthian church. And Paul could discern Satan's scheme of trying to oppose the unity of believers. Satan was attempting to put a stronghold over the Corinthian church. But Paul acknowledges that he was aware of the strategies and the schemes of the enemy. And we must be also. Because the fruit that Satan dangles now is no longer in Eden. It's the rotten fruitless product of his word games. And we eat this rotten fruit sometimes without even realizing it. And this rotten fruit are his word games, his deceptive words. They're designed to affect our our identity. They affect how we think, what we imagine, what we give, and what we are willing to receive. This path of rotten fruit that he will attempt to lead us down with words. They're set up to bind us, to place strongholds on us. They can dictate our thoughts and then our actions and overall affect our identity and our security. His wicked fruit can challenge the aspects of our identity and cause us to enter into the wrong relationships. This fruit is designed to cause us to not heal. And then when you're dealing with something like that, this not healing, and you mix that with, with relationships, that wicked fruit could have us entering relationships based on trauma bonding. If you eat the wicked fruit and it messes with your esteem or throws your your sense of self and belonging off, you could get into a relationship where it, it causes you to settle and accept what's not best for you. And this is not just partner relationships. It could be any type of relationships. Eating his rotten fruit could have you form a relationship that's formed out of desperation. Accepting his word games can even lead us to wrongly relating to one another. His wicked rotten fruit taints our identity And it poisons our security. And I need you to know that your security is based on you believing that everything God says is true. And everything that God has said to you that you are is true. Believing and trusting that gives you security. But Satan doesn't want you to have security. He wants you to be insecure. He wants you to feel inferior. He doesn't want you to have a sense of belonging and he definitely doesn't want you to have an identity in Christ and in God. So his word game is set up to deceive by misquoting God or just straight up lying in order to cause you to question the truthfulness of God's word to make you unstable, to make you doubt so that he can weaken you so that he can weaken the fortress that God has you in. Because Psalm 144 verse two, David tells us, he tells us about the stronghold that God has us in. He says this, 
He says, he is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge. Satan doesn't want you taking refuge in God. He wants you to believe that God has left you, that God doesn't care. He may even try to convince you that you're worthless. All of those things are lies. You are a prized possession. You were not placed here by mistake. There is nothing in your life that you have endured that was in vain. God has allowed you to go through each and everything and it made you stronger because look at you now. But Satan, he knows that our identity and as such, our security is based on an absolute trust that everything God says is true. So he attempts to produce in our minds and environment and through conversations even that God is a liar. If he's successful at that moment, our entire world can collapse and our guard is let down, enabling him to set up his stronghold and his demonic fortress. Because we will think that we can no longer trust in the sure word of God. And now insecurity has taken over our minds and our identity and sense of belonging. It's being being held captive and hostage by him. Look at what it did to Eve when it happened to her. When When she became insecure, when she doubted what God had told her about herself, it led to rebellion. It led to disobedience. See, Satan doesn't want you blessed. He doesn't want you reaching your potential. So he attacks your identity, which is your mind. A lack of identity can negatively impact your mental health, causing you to feel lost, feel void of purpose. It can cause you to have low self-esteem and anxiety. And then these things can, can cause mood swings and depression. It can lead to you attempting to blend in when God's desire for you is to not conform. It's to be set apart. Accepting this fruitless filth of these word games brings in this loss of identity and insecurity. And it also traps us in the snares of inferiority, which is a state of feeling lower in position and value. Satan is the one that is low in position. Satan is the one that is low in value. Scripture tells us that we are God's prized possession. But the word game tries to deceive you and making you thinking, think that you are not. And before I proceed again, I want to acknowledge Ephesians six twelve. for we battle not against flesh and blood, but principalities. But sometimes this attack on our identity can be whispered into our minds by Satan. And then sometimes his his device can be through a person or thing. You may have been faced with a time that your identity was put in question by someone. Maybe during the heat of an argument. Maybe during a breakup. Maybe because someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Your identity could have been assaulted during your childhood, during relationships, by family, by friends, by complete strangers. It could have been assaulted through jobs, even church. Or maybe even by just someone known to be just a bully. As much as I truly understand, and believe me, I truly understand how impactful these words of assault can be, and even more detrimental if they come from someone that we love and value. 
those words being spoken to you, those words that are sent to challenge your identity, to challenge your security, are being charged by Satan to alter your perceptions, to try to challenge your beliefs and to distort your identity. Allow me, if you may, to read Ephesians 5, 6 through 14. It says, let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Verse 7, therefore, do not become their partners. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made visible, for what makes everything visible is light. It's been stated that hurt people hurt people. And although it may be true in a sense, it doesn't make it right. Hurt people have to heal. And people being hurt, it doesn't have the right to return the hurt. What's that saying that we're all familiar with? Two wrongs don't make it right. But Satan wants the word game being played back and forth. He wants hurt hurled back and forth. He wants identities challenged and subdued. We don't have to entertain empty arguments. We don't have to entertain word games. Remember, we're we're supposed to be saying this now. I don't do word games. I'm not going to attend this argument because I don't do word games. This word game wants to attack my character. It wants to assassinate my identity. It wants to remove me from a place of security. Scripture says I don't have to entertain it. I don't have to be deceived according to Ephesians 5. I don't have to be deceived with empty arguments. Because Paul is writing in Ephesians 5 that God's wrath is firm. He opposes evil. God is light. And he opposes evil and darkness. And this includes Satan's word game and its fruit. And because God will handle the assaults of the enemy, you don't have to entertain these empty arguments. You can denounce the unfruitful and shameful deeds of darkness that are not worthwhile to your growth, your lives, nor your identity. As we end this session, let us hold in our minds that we have to stand firm in our belief in God and place our trust in his word. We have to allow God to define our identities with truth and light. We can't allow Satan to defile our identities with deceptive words, word games, darkness, because Satan thrives off of hurt just as much as he thrives off of lack of knowledge. But God is going to destroy Satan's or what Satan thinks are his advantages. God is going to destroy Satan's ability to operate in the midst of lack of knowledge. God is going to destroy Satan's ability to operate through hurt. Because the word games are getting exposed and truth and knowledge shall be the victors. 
discernment is increasing and the strongholds of the enemy shall be torn down because you're going to value yourself. You're going to believe what God says about you and you're going to discern the source of the words and not fall victim to doubt or double-mindedness or insecurity. And if you are currently feeling that you don't have a stable identity, the first thing that I would suggest that you do is connect yourself to something stable, something that cannot be taken from you. Recall to your memory God's word regarding you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, a prized possession made in his image. And then I want you to ask yourself these questions. What is unique about you? What are your talents and gifts? What are you good at? And here's another thing. If you're comparing yourself to others, don't. Comparison not only robs you of you, but it robs you of joy. And while I'm speaking of joy, the other thing I suggest is that you do things that bring you joy. But whatever you do, do it with honor and ask God to show you who you are. Ask God to reveal you to you. Don't allow any device of Satan to distort your value, your worth, and the blessing of you being here. And as you work on the building of your identity and the fresh start or the strengthening of your identity, remember Satan's tactics, but don't give him or his games any of your time. I pray that God guides you, continues to protect you, and reveal to you those things that he needs you to know. May your journey be blessed. And remember, knowing the word helps us to discern the words. May God keep you in his grace and his peace. And until next time, this is Shell L.